you can compare yourself or you can practice gratitude. It sounds silly at first, but it's really a mindset shift. And once you remind yourself of all the things that you can be grateful for about your body, then it's easier for me to click that switch in my brain to stop thinking about comparison and negativity. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Today, we are going to talk about body image. And Abby and I have been on such a journey with our own bodies and health over the past year that we wanted to bring this topic back onto the podcast. We're always learning and growing. And as people, we go through new experiences that can change or reshape the way that we think about things. So we're ready to dive in and open this conversation back up. Before we begin, I did want to note that I believe that body image can be something that anyone can struggle with. I think there is space for women of all different bodies in this conversation. We also want to acknowledge that we both live in privileged bodies, Abby being a very thin white woman and me being biracial and relatively thin person. Also, if body image is something that you struggle with hearing about or you find it to be triggering, give yourself permission to sit this episode out. While we're going to present it in a way that we believe to be safe, we wanted to add that warning so that you can take care of yourself. Okay, here we go. So for me, I shared this with our Patreon community in real time about a year ago. I went to the doctor and my main symptom was that my energy was so low. I was just not feeling like myself and I had some evidence. So as funny as it sounds, when I would do my Peloton, even though I was getting further and further out postpartum, I couldn't even get close to the PRs that I had set for myself earlier in postpartum. Also, as funny as it sounds, I felt like I didn't even have the energy to parent my kids at night. Like I could feel myself just I don't know if you guys have ever experienced like a soul sucking like level of energy where you feel like you can't even do what you need to do. So I went to the doctor. She ran a battery of tests and I found out that I was really depleted in a few areas. Obviously, this was based on my blood, but I'll just share. I had very low vitamin D, very low B vitamin. I was iron deficient. I had really low iodine and low T3 and T4, which are thyroid indicators. So I'm really glad that I went because it really changed the way that I felt. I mean, once I was able to get on the supplements that my body specifically need and my doctor gave me, I slowly started feeling so much better. But one other thing that happened when I was at the doctor And you guys might remember this from an earlier episode, but I never weigh myself. I just don't find it to be that important of a measure of health. 
but I got weighed there because I'm at the doctor. And I specifically remember texting Abby right away because she'll talk about this in a little bit, but she actually was using the exact same doctor. And I said, wait, was your weight way off here? Like, is this scale right? So I had unknowingly gained weight and it was the amount that really surprised me. So that was about a year ago. And I want to be honest here, kind of the point of having this conversation is honesty. I really did spiral there. It was interesting because I was living in my body. I was dressing my body every day, but I was very much surprised at the amount of weight I gained. So this past year has really been a journey and I want to open up about it because I think that there's other women that struggle with what I'm about to say. When I was postpartum, I had a lot more grace and patience for myself because when you're postpartum, you have a quote unquote reason to be outside of your normal range. But this felt very different. You know, after coal, I had returned to my normal weight range. And so this was just like going back up after that. So now more than half of the weight that I gained has come off, but it's been a very slow and healthy process. So like I mentioned, when I started to replace the things that my body was depleted of, I felt a night and day difference in energy. And if you've ever lived through that, you probably understand. It makes sense that I was able to start feeling myself again, but then also adding in more activity. Like I just was able to feel like doing things more. And in a really relatively short amount of time, I was able to change my mindset around my weight gain. So like I said, you know, there was that spiral moment. I'm not going to try to pretend that there wasn't, but I quickly said, okay, Amy, this is like everything that you've said on the podcast before. This is everything that you truly believe is that your body is worthy no matter what, no matter what season it is in. I know as an exercise science major, I don't need to make a huge drastic change here. This is not, you know, something where that's the route that I'm going to go because I understand like, A, that's unsustainable. B, it's just not even something that I need to do. So I had a couple mantras. I would tell myself, like, you are worthy right now. I would tell myself, your body is strong. It can do anything that you ask of it because that really was what was important to me. I wanted to add that my mindset changed toward my weight gain before my body did any changes. And that was so important because as Abby and I talk about, I think that when your body is controlling so much of your thoughts, it's a really hard place to live in, especially right now. I have three kids. I have three businesses. Like I just can't hang out in that like thinking about food all the time, thinking about exercise, you know, et cetera. So for me, I started being really honest about any changes that had gone on during that time because it was wild. I had never stopped working out. I'm sure a lot of you know, I've talked about that before. It's like working out is such a sanity saver for me that I had always worked out five days a week. That didn't change. So it's really hard for your mind to process like, wait, how did this happen? I'm a healthy person. I eat pretty well, you know, et cetera. But 
you know, I started being really honest. I was like, okay, I went from being a nurse where I would walk constantly. I was on my feet all day. It's one of the most active, like the women that work in the Carbone Cancer Center at UW Hospital. It's one of the most active jobs you could have because we are walking constantly. And I had gone from that to being an entrepreneur. And as Abby and I can both tell you, you literally don't have to move at all from your computer or your phone unless you intentionally move. So I kind of had realized, I'm like, wow, okay, so yes, you're exercising. But other than that, you're not really moving as much as you used to and as much as I also enjoy to. So now Abby and I very intentionally go for a walk that's like over a mile usually because both of us feel better when we're moving and we feel better when we can go outside and we feel better when we are having breaks from work. <laughs> like I started doing that. Like I said, half of the weight has come off now, more than half, but it's very slow and healthy. And that's why I wouldn't give you guys, this is what I'm doing, this, this, and this. No one's going to buy a weight loss plan for me because I'm moving at a very slow pace. And really, the weight loss is just kind of a result of my body feeling better and me noticing, okay, what are you doing? You weren't even walking, like you were just walking between you know, house and driving to work and then getting in. So just little things like that. And just, I started exploring that. And so it's been a journey. And the reason we wanted to bring this onto the podcast is because we know that women go through all different types of seasons. You don't just gain weight when you're pregnant and then lose all of it when you're postpartum and then stay a specific weight from now until ever. Like that is not how it typically works for the, for the vast majority of us. But we have that idea stuck in our head. You know, that's what we see on Instagram. Like we think everyone loses weight right away and no one ever gains weight again. And we just idealize weight loss in such a way of that being like the thing, just bringing to the attention that weight gain happens during other seasons. Like sometimes your body is going through something and mine needed things. It actually didn't need to delete things. It needed to add stuff that was healthier for me. And I was totally depleted postpartum after my third child, five years of being pregnant, breastfeeding, stopping breastfeeding, like my body needed things. And I was just living at a pace where I put it off until I was like kind of crashing. That was hard. And at the same time that I was going through things, one of my best friends, my co-host was going through the exact opposite issue. And she's going to talk about that. But if you can imagine that dynamic of two women going through the complete opposite thing. And we'll kind of talk about how that worked its way into our relationship and how we dealt with that. It was very opposite and it was for a very long time, which makes it hard yes, too. Yes, very, yeah. very long health journey. Right. right. <laughs> and I like what you said, just to circle back real quick, Amy, about changing your mind, like your mental energy around it and the mantras in your mind, because not that it's a fast switch to change your mind, right? but trying to change your body, you can't lose five pounds overnight. right? But can you start to instill habits and thoughts and patterns like that right away? You can start to do that. 
we have Sammy Harrison, who is a life coach that specializes in binge eating, but you'll kind of see how this all ties together. It was like my main goal couldn't be to lose weight. It had to be to feel better. Like that's where I kind of like boomeranged all around for a little bit. (laughs) There was some turbulence, but I was like, honestly, I need to focus on just feeling better and things will follow or they won't, you know, whatever it needs to be. Yeah, just such an important message. And it's a hard one to hear. It's definitely a hard one to hear, especially if you're in a position where you're like, I want to lose this right now. Like, what is your plan, Amy? I want all the things right now. Tell me your dosage. Who's the doctor? And I know that those thoughts are going through women's heads right now. Yeah. And we want to be very clear that we are not diagnosing anybody. Yeah. Like, these are plans that worked well for us. We went to a doctor who specialized in this. It was incredible to be able to get the results back and then be able to make a plan for us as individuals. And during this whole process, Amy went to this doctor. She had all this incredible information. I'm like, dude, I want to get this information too. Give me the details. And just kind of like to back this up, I've had anxiety for years. It's been part of my life, but it definitely picked up during the pandemic. So again, when we say this has been a journey, you guys, we're talking two years now. It then picked up even more in pregnancy and then having a special needs pregnancy with all the added appointments, the added unknowns. I mean, my anxiety was absolutely all over the place the last couple of years. There were so many changes all at once. And as a person who can't do change very easily at all, it was very hard for me to take mentally. My anxiety spiked and I was having a hard time calming it down. So where in other areas of my life, other seasons of my life, the tools, the resources, the skills could easily bring it down. I was having a really hard time figuring out the tools and resources to bring it down. And I know that a lot of women who have had or are having pandemic pregnancies, babies right now in this new world, there has been a lot more increases in anxiety. You know, Kate Borsato, for instance, she talks about how many more individuals are going to therapy right now, being diagnosed with anxiety, having the depression issues than ever before. There's so much added stress. There's so much added strain. And why am I looping this into the conversation? Because anxiety for me, it keeps my mind and my body always moving. Like I am fidgety. I Amy's like, dude, chill. Like there's so many times Aww. where like, just calm down. I have to remind myself or have a good friend remind me to just calm down. And this has been tied to weight loss for me. So where this gets tricky is that the outside world sees a woman who is losing weight. Where inside... I am begging, like I would much rather have this calm demeanor and being able to remain present naturally and not feel the constant urge to have to move. Like the difference between what the outside world sees and the internal struggle, it's night and day different. And I know other women have this same issue. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I've had actually a few close friends experience anxiety induced weight loss. And like you said, we always praise people for losing weight as a society for the most part. And we really have to rethink about that because my friends were in a place where they were, like you said, like screaming from the inside. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to feel better. And it was manifesting physically as weight loss. And then they're getting complimented on it. And just like the mental strain of that, of all I want is something different. Like It is very, very hard for that woman going through it. Even one of my coaching clients, Amy, she's been in a very toxic job for three months. And she's like, Abby, I have lost weight and not in a good way. This is not the way I want to lose weight because she is so stressed out with this toxic environment. So it just it can manifest in different mm-hmm. ways. 
after going to this doctor, I was then diagnosed with hypothyroidism. So that's exactly a year ago this week, actually, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. And for those who don't know, this is triggered, it can be triggered, I should say, Mm -hmm. by pregnancy. So many women will get diagnosed with a thyroid issue in their postpartum period. And it makes a lot of sense for some of the symptoms I was experiencing. So I had extreme fatigue, I had hair loss, my skin was really dull, my eyes were dull, and then that anxiety piece was picking up. And my normal doctors, they just thought that it was postpartum issues. I mean, even Mm -hmm. when I labeled those things, a lot of women experienced that postpartum. But when the specialists ran the right tests, that's when they uncovered the true diagnosis. But this is where it gets interesting. So my thyroid was working three times under the rate that it should. So hypothyroidism means that your metabolism, your thyroid, everything isn't working very well. And the number one symptom of people experiencing hypothyroidism is weight gain. So although it's frustrating, I'm really not surprised that my PCP didn't consider it because weight gain is so obvious to the outside where my issues were mostly internal challenges. And I was struggling, but only those who were closest with me, like Amy and you know my closest friends, Colin, could see it. I went on thyroid medication. It was a miracle worker for months. I felt better. My energy was back. You know, the color came back to my appearance. My mental health was doing better. And then I started falling right back to where I was. And I remember the timeline so clearly. It was right around that September, October of 2021. Again, I had a lot more changes. I was starting my coaching degree. I was buying and selling a home in that order, which is extra stressful. Mm. I was starting pursuing her purpose. Owen had his first surgery. I was weaning from breastfeeding. There were so many things going on. And now breastfeeding and weight loss, it looks different for every mother. And with all three of my postpartum journeys, I held on to the weight and didn't lose it until I started weaning. And that was very, very frustrating when I saw many of my friends just dropping weight super quickly postpartum. And then I was the one who was plateauing for months. And it really just goes to show that every mother's journey with postpartum weight loss, it's going to look different. And you absolutely cannot compare that journey to someone else's. Oh, exactly. And what I get from Abby's story, especially this part of it, is like, look how many things she just listed. So being her friend at the time... And like, you know, we would have these really in-depth talks and her struggling with her anxiety. I I was like, Abby, look at all of this, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think as women, we want to pin it down like, okay, I'm buying and selling a house after that. It's going to get better, like situationally. But I was like, Abby, you have so much situational anxiety that it's hard to tell what it's coming from, what's going to move it forward. And Abby at the time was working with several people on her healthcare team, essentially a therapist, this hormone doctor, her PCP, like she had a lot of people helping her. Chiropractor, massage therapist. (laughs) She's like, let me get started here. (laughs) Let's let's not make it sound easy here with just three doctors, just trying to uncover these issues because they were just so perplexing. So then in that September, October timeframe, I also started having some very intense symptoms. Mm -hmm. And after redrawing my blood, our specialist discovered that I now had full blown Hashimoto's. And you might be like, what the heck? Like this woman has been through so many things. Your dad was so (laughs) kind. He he texted me right afterwards. He's like, my heart is with you. (laughs) But for those who don't know what Hashimoto's is, it's an autoimmune disease where my body is making antibodies that attack my thyroid. 
And many people will gain weight with this. But in some cases like mine, my symptoms actually boomeranged and they presented as the opposite. So I couldn't sleep. Like I was up all hours of the night. I'm still having some of that once in a while. I started feeling very panicked very frequently. And then I had more weight loss. And this was very, very rapid weight loss over like a one month period of time. And it's hard to say this to a group of women because I know women are like, well, what's your secret? Like, let me see what's going on. Like, oh my goodness, Mm. what is she doing? This looks so great. And I really didn't feel comfortable sharing this beyond my closest circle of friends because those must be nice comments. Those judgments that come, they weren't helpful. But this is where it gets hard because I liked my body where it was at a slightly higher weight. I felt strong. I felt capable. I had energy. I was so proud of myself because I hadn't binged in years. That was a new normal for me. My habits were good. I was treating my body so well. I was so proud of being in that body because of how well I was treating her during that time. And I see my body now at a weight that I had honestly dreamed of being at years. Like if I could only get down there, that would be amazing. And now that I have hit this quote unquote goal, all I want to do is feel strong and capable and energetic again and to have a body that functions without having to be on a medication or going gluten-free to keep my autoimmune disease at bay. My goal is to be right back to where I was when I initially had made that goal. And that's hard to say to yeah. women because people even say like, oh my gosh, you had three babies, which I appreciate those comments. Yeah. Like They feel nice. And at the same time, I feel stronger in a different body for me personally. So this weight loss journey is just, it's perplexing. It's hard. Yeah. And it was a long time. And that's one thing too, that I always think about is like, we have the resources to be able to go to the doctor and get the help. But I think after, I don't want to say because we have three babies, all of this stuff happened, but at the same time, that really can change things in women. Like I was really depleted and I needed more. Yes. And so to me, it's just our healthcare system just does postpartum women such a disservice because we had to really dig for these answers mm-hmm. and go to specialists. And, you know, when you start at your PCP and we love them, we're not, you know, bashing doctors, but it can just be a really long journey when you're like, all I want to do is feel well again. I just want to feel better. Okay, friends, a quick break from our podcast partner, Gooder. So when we say Gooder, sunglasses for years, that was the first thing that popped into my mind. But today, I also want to focus in on their shoes. Amy and I both own a pair of their running shoes. They are light. You feel like you're walking on a cloud. And we raced in them last year. And Amy and I are both really excited to start racing again as the weather gets nicer and we go for more runs. On these runs, not only do we wear our gooder shoes, but we also love their sunglasses. So we can't have this episode go by without talking about their shades. I'm really into the Operation Blackout and the Amelia Earhart Ghosted Me as we head into spring and can't say enough good things about this brand. Not only are they low cost, but they are so well made. And the one-year warranty, every mother needs that. So if you head to their website, gooder.com, you can use code HERSELF15 for 15% off. Again, that's G-O-O-D-R.com and use code HERSELF15. So where this gets really interesting is I remember, was it like episode four that we talked about body image? Episode like two. Yeah. Two, one of the first, two. one of the yeah. first episodes that came out. Yeah. And, 
you know, I had come across in a really body positive way. And I will still say Mm -hmm. I do feel that way. Like I still feel very body positive about myself, even when I was at a weight that was higher than my set range weight. But something that I have learned a lot about in the past couple years is body neutrality. We had Melanie Rogers on episode 34, who is a dietitian that specializes in eating disorders on. That's a great episode to go back to because she gives real facts and real helpful information. You know, she's an expert in this area. And then we had Alyssa Miller, who's also a dietitian on episode 74. She's from the Mama Well. And that episode I needed in real time, but she didn't even know it. Like the way she was speaking and the way she was saying, like our bodies went through the pandemic. And in the beginning, I do know I had anxiety. Like I was feeling a lot different than my normal and our bodies were trying to help us, you know, and we look at weight gain so negatively and it's not always negative. So that was an episode that I really needed at the time when I was at my heaviest and the mama well, they do such a good job of presenting information like this. So definitely go to them. But what I'm going to say what I learned about body neutrality is that that can be the goal. Before we get to positivity, we have to stop at neutrality. And that could be the final goal. Like some women are never even maybe going to get to be body positive. But as long as they are at least a healthy neutral, that's enough. Just to give this context, you know, if you're day in and day out saying, oh, I hate my stomach. It's so fat. It's just, it's not what it was before kids. Could we turn that into my stomach is a stomach. Everyone has stomachs. Everyone's stomach is a different size. And it sounds like, how would that even help? But it really is like you're stopping a negative thought train and like a spiral and you're changing the focus. Kara Lowenthal, who we've also had on, teaches on this so well. And she is a woman that also used to have huge struggles with body image when she teaches and when she talks about it, she's like, it used to take up all of my thoughts. And I think a lot of women can relate to that. And she's like, now I've been able to at least neutralize the thoughts. And she actually now even loves her body. Mm-hmm. But if you can just turn things neutral, you're able to at least you know, still be a person and still think about other things rather than just focusing on your body all the time. Yeah. And Kara explains it as a thought ladder. So think about it as like rungs on a ladder of this is the best case scenario. This is where I am now. Let's work our way up that ladder, like slowly working our way up that ladder, tiny one little rung at a time. And that's where progress is made. Yeah. And so I would say for the first time in my life outside of like pregnancy, postpartum, I had actually had to like use that ladder Mm -hmm. of like, okay, I just need to at least get back to feeling like my body is okay. It's worthy. It's a body, you know, before I could climb back up to feeling more positive. So that is a great way to think about it. And we wanted to say that we understand that this is a really complicated issue for some women. And we're not going to be able to help them just on this podcast episode. They might need 
a more specialized type of help than we can offer on this podcast. But I also know because of what I experienced and what I needed, some of these ideas and resources really will serve the woman what she needs. A quick break from our sponsor, Third Love. So by now, you guys probably know how much we love their bras and how good their fitting room quiz is. But what I want to talk about today is their Wonder Knit Pajama Joggers and my love for them. Every time I wear them, I get compliments. And yes, aside from just being pajamas, I will wear these outside of the house. They are that good, that comfortable, and that flattering. I love to pair them with the Wonder Knit Pajama Henley. So the Wonder Knit Pajama Henley times the Wonder Knit Pajama Jogger and you are in the most comfortable set of pajamas. And that's because Third Love does do comfort so that you can do more. These items are made by women for women to fit, feel, and look great. Third Love obsesses over every stitch so that you can feel comfortable and confident 24-7, even in your pajamas. Feeling is believing. So give yourself the comfort that you deserve. Upgrade your bra or pajamas today by getting 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash herself. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash herself. For the next part of this episode, we thought it would be really fun to bring on our friend Nina. The three of us just did a swimsuit try-on together. So we were all in our bodies in front of each other, trying on these swimsuits, showing them to our followers. And I know that this is an area that Nina has some really awesome insight in. So Nina, I feel like you're really well known in your community for showing up confidently. Is this something that comes easy to you or something that you've had to work on? Hi, guys. (laughs) To answer your question... It's definitely something I've had to work on a lot over the last few years. I never used to feel confident in my body at all. Probably, I don't know, 20 some years of my life, I spent dieting, hating my body, wishing I looked different, comparing myself. It wasn't actually until I started doing try-ons on Instagram that I started feeling more confident in my body. And simply because I was getting messages from women saying, wow, like your body looks like mine. And I appreciate this so much. You know, you always see yourself in the worst light. You always have these flaws about yourself that other people don't see. And then there's always people that are going to compare themselves to you. There's always going to be somebody that wants to look like you and so on. So yeah, it wasn't until then uh, until Instagram. And that's it's kind of the opposite for me than what it is for most people. Like most people go on social media and they're like, oh, I compare myself to all these people and I'm not happy about it. For me, I show up and show myself in a vulnerable light, like showing myself putting clothes on and different angles of my body and people are praising me for it. So definitely that helped me a lot. And since then, it's just gotten bigger and better for me and my community. And I've just learned to really show it all, embrace it all, because there's always going to be somebody that I can help with that, but also it helps me. 
Mm, I love that. I love that it's different than the way that most people feel about social media. For me, one thing that's been really important in my journey is to stay in my own lane. So when I was in college and even after, I specifically remember this one mood board that I made or inspiration board, I should say. And it had like Zoe Saldana and it was like thin was very in when I was at this age of my life where I was like really hard on my own body. But I just started realizing that, you know, I was never going to have other people's bodies. Like I was going to have mine and I started to embrace the body that I was living in. I also realized that, you know, everyone has different bodies. And the more I went into public, the more I saw like there's all different shapes. And so I think one of my problems a few years ago on Instagram was that I was following all these women that had like abs. I was in fitness, like that was my major in college. So I was following all of these fitness professionals and it really warped like my sense of what women's bodies were. So I try really hard not to idealize bodies anymore. I make sure that I am following people of all different shapes. I was wondering for Nina and for Abby, do you guys struggle when it comes to comparing yourself against other people? hundred percent. I mean, I compare every day and it's definitely a toxic trait. I think everyone compares themselves to something and someone. It's actually in our biology to compare ourselves to people because that's how you decide where you fit in and how you are as a person. So we don't even realize we're doing it. But then when you dwell on that comparison, that's when it can get really toxic. And for me, I compare myself to people all the time. However, since my own body acceptance journey and since my own motherhood journey, really, I've learned that comparing myself to others is just puts me in a toxic place. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that for myself. And I don't want my kids to see that. And I don't want my community of women to see that either. And I'm all about the raw unfiltered, I'll come on and say, yeah, I'm having a bad body day today. Like one of my insecurities is my arms. Like I don't like my arms and I compare myself to other people who have similar bodies to me. And I'll think like, oh, she has the same body as me, but look at her arms. My arms are so big and this and that. And I immediately get in my head and say, okay, you can compare yourself or you can practice gratitude. It sounds silly at first, but it's really a mindset shift. And once you remind yourself of all the things that you could be grateful for about your body, then it's easier for me to click that switch in my brain to stop thinking about comparison and negativity. What a good stepping stone for individuals who are on that journey right now of making it simple. We talked about the thought ladder and to add one of those rungs in the thought ladder of this is what I'm grateful for. Like, I'm so honored that my body did this, that my arms can hold my babies, that they can embrace them and support them when they are struggling. Like, how beautiful is that? And one thing kind of circle back around to our swimsuit try on how other people see us, all three of us in different body types versus how we see ourselves. It was night and day different. I mean, even thinking about that scalped swimsuit, like that dang scalped swimsuit, Nina, that you're like, I don't like this one. I don't like this one. And that was the number one choice from other people being like, you look amazing in that. Where's that one? So just what the outside world can see versus how we see ourselves, it's different right there. 
Brene Brown teaches on a specific piece. You had started to mention this, Nina, with that fitting in piece and how we as human beings, we try so hard to fit in. And how she teaches is fitting in is one thing. That's when we look like everyone else. But belonging, that's when we can be us and when we can bring our full selves to the group. And that really is just a big goal, not only of this podcast episode, but what we're trying to do on the Herself podcast in general and just the community that we're building. I love that. It's like unlocking the power of contentment. Be content in the place that you are. Just because you're content in the place that you are doesn't mean that you're not striving to be better, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm content with my body and what it's done on most days, but then there are days where I'm like, I do want to do better. I want to eat healthier. I want to be fitter. Just because I want those things doesn't mean that I can't be content with how I am. And I also feel like when we compare, we want to fit in, right? When we compare ourselves to other people, we're comparing ourselves to someone else's highlight reel, right? Mm -hmm. When you came over to my house for the swimsuit try on, I was like, wow, to me, you two are these gorgeous babes. Like you're thin, you're fit, you exercise this and that. And I immediately was like, I don't do that. I don't exercise and I'm not proud of it. No, I think exercise is great. not just for your body, but for everything. And immediately when you guys came, you showed up and you just, made this space for me. And I didn't feel one ounce of comparison or shame. I looked at you two and you didn't look at me in any different way than you would look at me in my face. And I think that's, what's important too, as women, we from a very young age are taught to look at each other and judge each other and compare and to compliment each other's features because that's what we do, right? Hey, you look so good. Did you lose weight? Or hey, your hair, you know, but really neither of you did any of that to me. And I don't think I did to you either. We didn't talk Mm -hmm. about each other's Mm -hmm. bodies. We just had fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nina, how do I show this swimsuit? Because we've never done this before. We're like trying to gather all this information. Just we, we had conversations that real Wisconsin women can have, mothers can have, while we were in black swimsuits. I mean, it was just, it added a really fun dynamic to it. So to add on to this conversation, I do love, and it seems like there's more midsize and plus size influencers. Do you agree with that? Have you been seeing more? Yes. So I think that there are your size like zero to six, which is the typical what you see on any kind of marketing ad. And then you have mm-hmm. the curvies. The curvies are really represented, the plus size and curvies. Mid-size group is very underrepresented, however, slowly becoming bigger. The mid-size group of women is actually the average in the US, the average size of a woman is like 10, 12. We are very underrepresented in social media and marketing and ads, but I'm seeing it more. Like if you go to Aerie, American Eagle, Gap, like all those sites are now starting to include different body types, which is really refreshing for me to see because I have a very unique body type or actually, no, I don't. It's not unique. It's just underrepresented. I don't see it Mm -hmm. on social. Like I have an apple shaped body is what I call it, which basically means I'm like bigger in the middle. I have no hips. I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm just saying that's my body. And most bodies represented are like curves, big butts, big boobs, nice slim waists and or the opposite. So it's nice to see my types of body be represented. 
when you said unique, it's unique in marketing, but it's not unique in the everyday world. And it's just, it's so helpful to be able to see women and to see clothes on women when it looks like you. So you're able to bring that to your Instagram account and to the pages that you have to Nina. Yeah. Amy had said to me, I had texted her and I said, Oh, I feel so insecure having you guys come over here. Like we all get insecure. And we talked about this too, that day you were here. Can you tell me about some of your own insecurities? Because in my eyes, you're fit. You have a beautiful body, your mom, and you know, like we can compare our bodies to each other and you can see things that are beautiful about mine. And I can see things that are beautiful about yours. I want to hear in your eyes as a fit body, tell us about your insecurities and how people can relate to that. Yeah. And to kind of circle it back into the rest of the episode too, the curves, like the, I used to have some curves. I used to have breast tissue, for instance. <laughs> my like my butt was more plentiful, and those things have. I'm more of a straight figure right now. So my insecurities are a lot around the fat loss in very specific areas where I felt, you know, strong and very feminine. You know, even just a couple of months ago. I no longer feel that strength in all areas of my life. I no longer feel feminine. I feel more like I did before puberty in some senses almost. A lot of my insecurities are coming around this very specific time that I'm in right now. Obviously, there's worries. Will I ever get back to my quote unquote ideal body type? I don't know. But also just learning to be content, like you were saying, not complacent, because there's a difference between that content and that complacency. But being content and being so thankful, like I like what you said there, the thankfulness of what we can do with our bodies today. Yeah. It's hard for anybody, really, when you have a completely different body than someone else. It's hard for us to understand why someone else would be insecure. It's like, why are you insecure? You have a perfect body in my eyes. So it's hard. We don't hear a lot from women who are on the smaller end or who are smaller sizes. Everyone has insecurities. We all Right. And that's what I actually loved about this conversation was the idea of that everyone can be inside of this conversation. Because I think a lot of times like thinner people are left out because they're like, what do you even, what are you talking about? You don't even have an ounce of fat on your body. Like you can't talk about body image, but it's like, I actually really don't believe that. I think we've gotten really extreme with our views around the body conversation and who can be in it and who like isn't allowed in it because some of the thinnest women I know are the ones that carry the most baggage when it comes to body weight. And I've really found that to be true. So it's like, no, everyone needs this conversation and, and everyone in my eyes is welcome to it. So Nina, thank you so much for coming on our podcast again. Your friendship has just meant so much to Abby and I, and we're really excited because we have a couple really fun things coming up with you. But I wanted you to tell our listeners as we end this episode, actually your exciting news about your podcast and what you're trying to do over there. Thank you. Yes, I launched my podcast about one month ago with your help. I couldn't have done it without you guys. So I appreciate it. Mama knows. And you can find that on all podcast platforms. And I'm talking about all things, self-love, motherhood, relationships, and unfiltered raw, lots of guest interviews, lots of my own stories and how I've come to be where I am. So you guys can find Mama Knows Podcast on social media and then also Balkanina on Instagram. I'm still over there. 
And I think if you guys like herself, you will like what she is doing over there. And I think also it's the idea that Abby and I didn't feel competitive with Nina. We felt like there was space for all of us to be on this episode and in this podcast world. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this one, we would love it if you shared the episode.